Welcome to the North Group Podcast. At North Group, we are often invited into organizations to influence leadership and organizational behavior. It is absolutely fascinating work. I'm your host, Roger North, and we'd like to invite you into that conversation. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Josh Kiefer, my uh, my good friend, my, my colleague here at North Group, we've chosen this idiom to talk about today, and yeah, we'll get to how it might apply in organizational situations. I'm wondering how it applies in your family. I know that your dad isn't living, but are there ways in which you are similar to your dad and then obvious ways in which you are different? How would you think about that? Yeah, both. Okay. Definitely ways in which we would be similar and many ways in which we actually are different as well. More of the latter uh, than the former? Yes, okay, definitely. Okay. definitely. Uh, but in terms of the idiom, I do think that uh, an immediate thought I would have is dad was very mechanically inclined, uh, construction, electrical field, all of those sort of things uh, came very natural to him. So because of that, he also spent a lot of time in the garage or outdoors uh, doing projects. And naturally, when I was young, I would tag along with him. Did he require that? Like, Josh, yes. you got to learn this stuff? Yes. That's very Saturday morning, you know, Saturday the morning. overhead light would turn yeah. on at 630 yeah. in the morning. And hey, by the way, I'll be downstairs and uh, you can join me whenever you're ready. That wasn't a meaning really whenever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so the the enjoyment of those sort of things though while i would not do it even close to the amount of time that he did it uh the enjoyment of that is something that i still hold today Mm -hmm. and so you know to go out and kind of wrench on a car for a little bit Mm -hmm. or go to a project outside build something um and so in that way every now and then family members i'll give an example of something i was doing on a saturday and they'll they'll kind of nod and say yeah the Apple didn't fall mm. far from the tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in that way, for sure, uh, a lot of overlap. Then a lot of differences as well, though. Uh, What's the primary temperament uh, difference you would point out between mm-hmm. you and your dad? Probably the biggest thing that people would see or experience is that my dad was a man of very few words. Mm. Um, and you talk I, I, all I the time. I hope I'm not overly oh, wordy. <laughs> But I certainly would speak a lot more frequently than he did. Um, and so in, in that way, we were quite different. Dad was very happy to sit back and, in fact, didn't want to really speak up much at all. Um, and as I got into business and got into other settings, it, it was required. Mm-hmm. And it also didn't feel uncomfortable uh, for me. And so uh, in, in that way, we were quite different. And people might say the apple fell far from the tree uh, in that way. I don't know what your experience would be, though. Yeah, my dad's been gone for a long time, and it's interesting. I, I live and have lived my adult life in, in a different environment, different geographical environment, different business environment than, than the one I grew up in. And it's only really when you get away, uh, maybe physically distant, geographically distant from the home in which you were raised, that you start to recognize things positive and maybe a little less than positive. One of the things that was dominant in my childhood, but of course I never thought about it because it was just normal and upbringing, was uh, there was a very low tolerance for risk in the family that I grew <laughs> up in. My mom just thought an accident was around every corner just waiting to happen. Uh, and then my dad was an engineer, mm. so 
I wouldn't say he was so risk averse. It's just that he was a, a very analytical personality and he wanted to make sure that things fit together. So we grew up in that environment. And it was only really when I got here to central Pennsylvania and I saw so many other examples of people benefiting from, a high, shall we say, a higher tolerance for risk that uh, I would say I'm still on the the risk averse side of the mm. equation, I get credit for not being just because I started a business, but I like to joke that, you know, I was an entrepreneur for one day in my life, but uh, <laughs> um, that I think I've moved away from that and mm. recognize that how uh, a degree of tolerance for risk has, has, has its rewards, mm. maybe combined with a little bit more analysis that, that might be reminiscent of what I, what I grew up with. And where I think we see this, this idiom, mm. this apple doesn't fall far from the tree, applied most often, sometimes beneficially, but I think more often perhaps harmfully, mm. is within family businesses. Agreed. And we are privileged to work with many different family businesses. Uh, not all of our clients, but many of our clients have family aspects to them. How do you see that phrase, whether the actual phrase is being used or the outgrowth of it, being applied beneficially in yeah. some of your client situations, Josh? Sure. On the beneficial side, I do actually think that many times in passing from one generation to another, the key or core things to the business, whether it be in function and in practice or in terms of values uh, uh, as well, in a beneficial way, when the former generation, or let's just use an example, generation one mm -hmm. started a business mm -hmm. and is now training up generation two, in a beneficial way when employees experience as the business is transitioning a similar set of values mm -hmm. uh, leading the organization a similar mission that drives the organization that is really beneficial consistency especially around those areas is something that we would say is paramount Great point. Uh, to the long-term success of a business and so in that way it, it can be a really beneficial thing when somebody might say hey I see uh, Joe the second you know really leading in a way that his dad would have found honorable or that he would be proud of him because he upholds these values mm -hmm. in that way the apple didn't fall far from the tree. Yes. That would certainly be a beneficial way in which that idiom could be used actually for the betterment of the company overall even. And then on the, another area that we might want to evaluate would be behavior or temperament or perhaps even style. Yeah. Uh, would you say in the family businesses that you've been engaged with over the years, it's more often true that the apple doesn't fall from the tree, hmm. apple doesn't fall far from the tree, yeah. or not true. Just hmm. to start the conversation, which which would you say is more common? That's a really good question. That's it, really hard to say percentage-wise because it would really depend on the family mm. and the relationships within the family. Mm -hmm. um, in, in the businesses that I have worked with, I would say that more historically, in terms of leadership style, mm -hmm. if we hone in on that one, I would say different. I, I think the same yeah. thing. Hmm. It may be a recency bias with hmm. some G1, G2 that, that, right. that we're working with right now where we see very, you, you and I chatted about the, a couple of these very recently, where this, the, the G2 temperament and leadership style is, is almost at the other end of the spectrum yep. from G1. 
Can you see that perhaps creating some organizational challenges inside of transition when there's a wide differential in, in temperament? For sure. And interestingly, not only among employees, but I actually think within the family sometimes by the first generation and by the second generation, it raises a bunch of questions. So let's just say that in a first generation, often, not always, but often we would see a lot of entrepreneurial qualities. Mm -hmm. So their risk tolerance, mm -hmm. back to your example. High risk tolerance. Very high risk to tolerance. New things, that's right. And sometimes just a ideas. bit. That's right. And, and in turn, sometimes a bit more temperamental behavioral. Mm -hmm. uh, we would see, you know, mood swings people would consider or just, you know, a really strong leadership hand or fist, if you will. Um, and in Second generation, and I can think of two very clear examples right now uh, in working alongside of them, that the second generation is very different. Uh, it, they are not that entrepreneur. Uh, in fact, would be far more risk averse uh, than wanting to boldly go out and continue to grow at you know astronomical numbers. Um, instead, they're looking to really figure out ways to more manage the business mm -hmm. and manage growth mm -hmm. rather than have this kind of exponential growth curve going on. Um, and within that, often generation one looks at generation two and even sometimes at I have fielded this question twice from the same leader, actually. Do you actually think he could do it? Mm -hmm. Speaking about his son, like, yeah. it, it, is it possible that he could lead this? Mm -hmm. um, and from generation two, asking, can I actually do this? Because I don't lead the way that I've seen mm -hmm. this organization led up until now. In both cases, interestingly enough, it was a resounding yes to generation one. Generation two can lead this, and here's why. Yeah. And to generation two, you can lead this organization, and here's why. And there may be some benefits when we think of different organizational growth curves mm -hmm. and the needs that organizations would have over time mm -hmm. that we would have leaders with different temperaments mm -hmm. in different seasons. Absolutely. And that may even be, this is a bit of a tangent, but that may even be a lesson for us as we think about how we utilize different temperaments and approaches that we may have within an intact leadership team, when sometimes it may be beneficial for the president or CEO, whatever the title might be, to step aside and allow another member of the team to lead an initiative, uh, communicate difficult times within a firm, because that temperament is more suited to the moment Absolutely. and the group of people to whom we need to minister or communicate at that given point in time. So I think that's an important thing to think about. And, and very often we see these you know, bold type of leaders mm -hmm. that you described mm -hmm. uh, in entrepreneurial position, getting something started and, and growing something rapidly and giving us really something of substance. Mm -hmm. And then we have a much more, shall we say, conservative type of approach that actually can be very beneficial as we need to put systems and processes mm -hmm. in place. We need to replicate the original success in two, three, nine, ten different locations. Exactly we right. need to have some SOPs in the business and not just mm -hmm. shoot from the hip to solve problems anymore. Yeah. The, that, that variation yeah. can exist. Well, I wanted to ask mm -hmm. you about this. Uh, this is a phrase that I, I, I've used to challenge myself and, and sometimes to challenge others over the years. Mm -hmm. To what degree do you think this phrase is true? And I'm not trying to take us too far away from the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but you see what you're looking for. Oh, yeah. I, go ahead. 
I was thinking about this as it applies to organizational behavior and that as it, as it may apply uh, within family businesses where people uh, work inside organizations and maybe after a period of time they've been victimized or mm -hmm. feel that they've been victimized or perhaps minimized or even injured by certain types of repeatable behaviors inside of a family. Mm -hmm. And then we see the next generation come up and rather than be hopeful about mm -hmm. that, we start to pick out small indicators of behavior or temperaments that, that say, you know what, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. How do we get around that type of thinking in an organization? Yeah. Because people do often see what they're looking for. Most definitely. And I, I actually would tie the two of those very closely together. The seeing what we're looking for and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree inside of a family uh, business or a, even a closely held business. Mm -hmm. Um, and the main reason and maybe how we get after that is just a level of awareness. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think shorthand what you're saying is almost something for something that uh, there may be a portion of people who have heard this before, but it's the idea of confirmation bias okay. is really what you're talking about. This idea of... Say a little bit more about confirmation bias. Sure. Confirmation bias, the simple thought there would be that if we have a notion of something or we have a belief about something, actually from a psychological standpoint, we are looking for indicators that will confirm this already held bias that we yes, have, yeah. i.e. confirmation bias. And it's bias. not very hard to do, is it? it? It's not at all. It's not at all. And really, I think that that's yeah. what you're... Uh, uh, yeah. I explaining is that we do see what we're looking for mm -hmm. or something that I thought might be true when I see even a small indicator of it I think uh-huh see I was right that that's confirmation bias but we can see that within a family because to your point if I grew up under one generation there were some things that really kind of sat wrong with me about the way that they led or about, uh, you know, phrasing that they would use or how they would treat people or whatever it might be. And then the second generation starts getting trained up and we even see a small behavior that reminds us of the mm -hmm. former generation. Mm -hmm. What we can do is we can start to think in our minds, the apple hasn't fallen far from the tree. Mm -hmm. But as soon as we do that, what we actually do is we put them in the same box yes. as the former generation. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we start to act or react to them the same way that we did often in a negative way mm -hmm. toward their father or their you know grandfather or whoever, grandmother, whoever started the business or was in the former generation. That can be a dangerous place. And so how do we get after that? Number one, I would say, is is a level of awareness that we do this. Mm -hmm. So how is it we that we... We all do it on some level, would you completely, say? Completely. Yeah, absolutely, okay. we mm -hmm. do this. In fact, we do it with those who are closest to us often, mm. a spouse, a sibling, a parent, whoever it is. We, we Something about them reminds us of something else. And so we start to kind of uh, attribute their behaviors to intent or, you know, they're doing this because of... Such a trap. You just... I'm cutting in on you. That's all right. Attributing behaviors to intent... Yeah. ...is yeah. The, the, the greatest trap of the human condition as a leader, I yeah. think. We, we, we'll have to talk about that some other time, yeah. Josh. And I just cut in, but that is That's such right. a great point that I'd love people to be thinking about. Yeah. Because we all engage in behaviors from time to time that are not helpful, but at the same time are not an indication of our intent. 
That's exactly And then back to your point about self-awareness is that's where we need to grow that self-awareness as a leader. I just, I just engaged, my, my, me personally, yeah. just engaged in one of those behaviors the other evening where I was in a meeting, I was getting tired, I thought the meeting was going on too long, and so I, I jumped in and cut a guy off in a way that was inappropriate. And mm -hmm. um, my intent is mm -hmm. to build up and support that leader. Right. My behavior at the time was exactly the opposite. Yeah. 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 Just painful yep. to watch myself behave sometimes, <laughs> Josh. But it's true of all of us, you know, in, in leadership roles or not. And a greater level of self-awareness and knowing that these can be traps is a good starting point. Yes. Is understanding and even questioning myself. If I work inside of a family-owned business, and let's just, again, hypothetically say this is second generation and I'm seeing some behaviors in this person as a leader that remind me of their father, their mother, whoever it was that was the leader before them. I need to stop for a minute and take inventory mm -hmm. and actually say, is this person their father yes. or their mother? Yeah. Has the apple actually fallen that close to the tree? Or is it that I'm beginning to attribute some of their behaviors to, oh, it must be that way or they must be that way because their father was that way, their mother was that way. And I think the more that we do that, the more that we can at least try to be a bit more objective of saying, that wasn't a great thing that that person did, but I don't think that they were doing it because they actually lead the same way that the former leader did. Again, uh, that generational um, uh, transition, we, we had to figure out a way to give grace for the next generation coming up and not assume that the apple has fallen right at the base of the tree. I couldn't, I couldn't say it better. I think there is some truth yeah. to that statement. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but if we use it for confirmation bias or to deny an opportunity for a young person to grow into mm -hmm their own leadership skills, their own human potential, yeah. then we're using it improperly. Agreed. But there's ways to use it in ways that can, can confirm mm -hmm. excellent qualities. And back to the point that you made early on, which I think was a wonderful point, when we see consistency mm -hmm. in mission extension, mission integrity, when we see clarity around organizational values and being played out yeah. from one generation to another, we want to praise the fact that the apple hasn't fallen far from the tree. Thanks a lot, Josh. Had a great time discussing this. Yeah. Learned a few things. Yeah. I appreciate it. Sure thing. Thank you, Roger. Thanks for listening to the North Group Podcast. For more information about North Group Consultants, please visit northgroupconsultants.com.